we're going to start, I'm going to give you this morning uh, a bunch of points for a basic, for back to basic, for basic life or to live this coming year. And you take this, I went to the book of Proverbs chapter 3 in Solomon, a wise man, and gives those basic things for our daily life. And it's right here, we found it in the book of Proverbs chapter 3. Let's look here at verse 1. It says, My son, forget not my law, let thine heart keep my commandments. For the length of days and long life and peace shall, be, shall they add it to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck, write them upon the table of thine heart. So shall thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and men. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart, and lean not into thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thy own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It shall be wealth unto thy novel, and marrow unto thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the firstfruits when all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy press shall burst out with new wine. My son, despise not the chastising of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he corrected, even as a father, the son in whom he delight. Shall we pray, Heavenly Father? Thank you, Lord, for this passage of Scripture. Definitely, Lord. Proverbs is a basic book. It is a practical book. And we see right here the practicality of life. Lord, we just enter a new year. We are in a few days, uh, about 14 days, I believe. But I pray, Father, Lord, that this year, may we go back to basics. The simplicity of the gospel. Who am I as a Christian? Where's my purpose here on earth? Why do I go to church? Why do I read my Bible? Why I clean my mouth of filthiness? Why do I change my way of living? Why, Lord? Lord, give me this year all these things so people can understand what it means to be a Christian in a world that is constantly changing. And Lord, in a world that is so polluted with sin, help us to understand what is the meaning of a Christian. Lord, I pray, Father, this morning, if there's someone here that never received Jesus as their personal Savior, what a wonderful way to start the year by receiving you as their Lord and Savior. I pray, Lord, if there's someone here or someone online, that today they take this message serious into the heart. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So the title of the message is A New Life Resolution. I was going to preach this message last Sunday, but I went up doing something about trust and encouragement, a little, a little devotion with you online, those of you who heard. But today, I said, I'm not going to pass this message as, in, as a, new, uh, a new life resolution. And of course, people make all kinds of resolutions. You know, uh, I learned through the years as the older I get, uh, resolutions don't make any sense. Uh, they, don't, they, don't, they don't last. But there's some that stick with you, okay? For an example, I decided after cancer, when I was, doing, when I was going through cancer, that I could eat better. And I did, and I began to study, and I understood that sugar is not a good thing for anybody. 
And uh, at the time, I actually asked a doctor, he kind of laughed at me. Uh, and today, it was what doctors do, stay away from sugar. <laughs> you know, I kind of, you know, my studies were right, and I learned that. So I, I've been cheating here and there. Like this morning, I had munchkins because of Robert. <laughs> but on Sundays, is all you can eat day. So I'm okay on Sunday. So I don't feel that, that guilty. Oh, I do six days a week. I, I do my thing, and on Sunday is my cheating day. So. <laughs> so anyway, but uh, even though, by the way, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You know, so it's good to be in a new year, 2024. People say out with the old and uh, in with the new. Uh, but life goes on, right? I mean, the bills don't go away. They definitely don't go away. <laughs> you know, uh, and like you say, sometimes we just want to go to bed and sleep and wake up and everything is wonderful when you wake up in the morning. That's not reality. Okay, that's not life. And life is full of problems and is one problem after another. So, but anyway, just going to give you uh, something that people do every year is about a resolution. On top of, uh, I mean, I look at this up, and on top of the whole thing, all right, what do you think is the number one topic about a New Year resolution? Do I see different answers? Lose weight. That's the number one. Number two is... Exercise. Some people are just not made for exercise. <laughs> it's like, you want to what? You want me to sweat? You want me to hurt? Oh, no, it's not me. Okay. <laughs> Number three, quit smoking. Number four, stop drinking. You see that? Number five, be a better person. Number six, spend more time with family. Number seven, Spend less time on the internet. <laughs> I'd say on social media, right? Number eight. You ready for this? Be more organized. It gets, it gets better. I think these, this, this other two should be on top of the list, but they are on the bottom of the list out of ten. Number nine, get out of debt. The average American owns about $75,000 in credit cards. The number keeps going up. And number 10, be li listen to this, be more spiritual. That should be the first one. Any surprises here? I don't think it is any surprises, especially be more spiritual in the bottom of the barrel. It should be the other way around. Because I think when we put God in our lives, I think we live a better life than try to do everything on our own, you know. Jesus didn't go to the local gym, okay. I'm not saying I'm against those things, <laughs> but all right, okay. I'm just trying to uh, put something in here. So why do most resolutions fail so quickly? Why? You want to know why? There's no power in them. There's no commitment. There's no power in these goals because God is not a part of them. You know, I decided this year that the Lord said, I go, listen, I go through the Bible every year. When this Lord, the Lord put in my heart, I want you to read 10 chapters every day. I said, Lord, I can't do this. I, you know, Lord, one chapter, you know, two. I've been committed so far. <laughs> I had uh, you know, a book of numbers right there. I was like, Lord, if I finish, what are you going to do? You know what he said to me? Am I, am I, 
start over again. <laughs> if he wants me to go to the Bible through the Bible twice a year, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, it takes commitment. Any resolution takes commitment. All right, you smoke? I'm not saying, well, you don't have to answer. <laughs> well, you don't have to answer. It takes commitment to quit. You're drinking? It takes commitment to quit. You have to say to yourself, Lord, I need you. Give me the strength to quit this bad habit. And anything else in life. Okay, so, there's no power. So as a Christian, our spiritual resolution will fail just as fast as our, uh, our non-spiritual ones when it's all about me. If God is the center of our New Year resolution, uh, it has changed. Uh, uh, we, I'm, I'm sorry. We can do it, and we will succeed. Because even I don't want to take the verse out of context here, but Philippians four thirteen says I can do all things. I understand in the concept of of of, uh, of the context of what Paul was saying here. But we can do all things through Jesus, can we? Lord, I have this habit. I don't know how to get rid of it. Lord, give me the strength and power. To commit myself to get rid of this thing. And you know, I will. Because now it's the back of your, the back of your mind is in your head, and he said, I'm going to work towards this. Listen, any bad habit in your life, you can get rid of it. But on your own, you can't. You need Jesus there. You need God to give you the power to do that. So, if it is God's will for something to be fulfilled, he will enable you to fulfill it. If a resolution is not God honoring, more than likely you're going to fail. So instead of making a tradition, New Year resolution this year, let's do something different this year. Let's go back to basics. Let's go back to basics. You know what? You remember the day you got saved? Do you remember the excitement that you had in your heart? Let's go back to that. Let's go back to the excitement of the when I got saved. Let's go back to the excitement when you open your Bible and you're eager to get what God's going to tell you. Let's go back to the excitement of talking to God. Do you talk to God? Let's go back to the excitement of reading His Word. Or telling somebody about Jesus. You see, may we not lose that mm, awe about God. Let's go back to the simplicity of the gospel. You know one thing I, all the, all the people say, oh, I like, this is my favorite verse, this is my favorite book of the Bible. Nothing wrong with that. You know my favorite books of the Bible are the gospels. You know why? Because I see the simplicity of Jesus, how simple he is, and how he conveys stories to get to our hearts. That's what he does. So, let's take a look at Proverbs 3 and see what What's on, on the top 10 lists? Let's look at the top 10 lists of resolution according to King Solomon. The Bible gives, gives us 10 uh, uh, resolutions here for us to apply, that we can apply to this year. So Solomon starts with, uh, off this uh, chapter 3 of Proverbs with a very um, sobering word. Look what it says, my son, verse 1, forget not my law, but let thy heart keep my commandments. For length, verse 2, for the length of days and, and long life and peace shall be shall they added unto thee. So he then gave a very specific ten principles that we should live in order to have a long life, a long life, uh, spiritual, spiritual prosperity and peace in our hearts. 
because in this world there's no peace. But we can have an inner peace and the joy of the Lord as we go through this year. Listen, listen to me. Do you want to have peace in your heart this year? Do you want to experience the joy of the Lord even when things don't make sense? Can you have the joy of the Lord even when life is upside down? Yes, you can. All right, let me give you 10 right here from uh, trend, uh, 10 subjects right here, 10 things you can apply this year. And they're very basic, okay? Very basic. I'm going to go very basic on, on my message this year. I mean, they are very basic anyway. But <laughs> I want to give you some so you can see, oh, I can apply this to my life. I can do this. Number one, okay? If you have an outline there, if you want to follow, don't let mercy and truth leave you. Look what it says in verse 3. Let now mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck and write them upon the table of thy heart. So shall thy find favor and good understanding. Look what it says. In the sight of God and men. Mercy and truth are very powerful when they are applied together. Listen, who wants to be around a liar? Do you like liars around you? Oh, goodness. And especially when they're lying to your face and they know that they're lying. And you smile at them and go, liar. You're such a liar. But I don't want to embarrass you. But you're lying to me. You know, there's a lot of liars in our world. Okay. Let's start from the top. Our politicians are a bunch of liars. All right, let's start there. We can keep going down because our world is full of liars. But you know what? Because they do it, doesn't mean you have to do it yourself. You follow that? Not everybody's going to be merciful to you, but you can be merciful to some people or to everybody. Not everybody's going to speak the truth to you, but you can be truthful. Because ultimately, the only person that you can control, like I put your finger at you, it's you. You can't control anybody else. You follow that? And I like the way Solomon put it right here. It says, and this good understanding in the sight of God and in man. You see, what does mercy mean or look like? Mercy doesn't always involve grand moments of je- or gestures, but it always treats the position, the, the position of influence, authority, or power in an act of gently. Mercy makes room for others. Something mercy means choosing not to complain to, uh, to a restaurant manager or, or something else. You're merciful. Let's say, you know what? You go to a restaurant after you leave church and you just have a bad service. Be merciful to the person, probably tired, probably works so hard that comes to you, they're ready to go home. You follow that? We're very critical people. My food is not here on time. I've been waiting for 10 minutes. My appetizer should be here. I'm not going to give you a tip. What about if it was you serving the table? What would you do? Here's your food. Here's your drink. You see what I'm saying right here? Mercy. Aren't you glad God was merciful to you? When you ask him for forgiveness, he said, I won't for-. he didn't say, I won't forgive you. He said, I'll forgive you. God is acting in mercy and grace by giving us salvation. Well, what a wonderful thing. 
if we're going to go back to basics, let's put it this way. Start the year with mercy and truth. Be truthful. Oh, but if I say the truth, don't lie. You know, liars, always, they always got caught. And people lose respect for you when you got caught in a lie. And the older we get, we understand that concept. Kids, they lie to each other all the time. You ever see kids? Oh, they're professional liars. <laughs> but we need to understand that that's not a thing that, you know, listen, what a wonderful to start a new year with truth. Our lips, always speaking the truth and honesty. And be merciful. Even to those who don't deserve mercy. Hey, we don't deserve mercy. But God gave it to us. So number one, don't let mercy and truth leave you. You see what it says here? Don't let it leave you. Stick with it. Be committed to it. To speak the truth. To be merciful to others. Okay? Number two. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Look at verse three, verse 5 and verse 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thy own understanding. In all thy ways, I mean in everything you do, acknowledge Him. And look what it says. And He shall direct thy paths. You know one thing? Some people have Jesus as their Savior, but they don't have Jesus as Lord in their lives. You follow that? There's a long year ahead of all of us. We can go on trusting ourselves to do the best that we can, as what a lot of people do, or we can go on trusting the Lord by applying His Word to our lives every day. Listen, I cannot make you read the Bible. I don't live with you. I cannot make you memorize the Bible or verses of the Bible. I don't live with you. I don't have that authority. I cannot make you speak verses of the Bible. It takes commitment on your part. You follow that? And to trust the Lord, it takes commitment and trust in your heart. I love Jesus. I go to church and listen about Him. Here's the question. Do you trust Jesus? Either, even when you don't understand, do you trust Jesus? Because trust means trust. You follow that? Okay, everybody's going to watch the movie Aladdin now. When Aladdin was running from the guards of the palace, he was going to jump over the tower, and he looks at the princess, Jasmine, and said, hand of the hand and said, do you trust me? And she had to make a decision. Do you know why? Because they were going to jump down. And she's big eyes. You can see in the cartoon, the big eyes come up because she's looking down. You know what? That's what God wants us to do. When life doesn't make sense, when we don't know where we go, and God says to you and me, do you trust me? Trust means trust. Who are you going to trust this year? Your heart? Your own intuitions? Or are you going to go you go into the Bible and say, Lord, I want to trust you. Please guide me. Sit in the driver's seat and let me sit in the passenger seat. Guide me. Because I tell you what, a lot of times we make decisions without prayer. 
without consulting with the Lord. And in the end, guess who regrets it? We are. Guess who, guess who hurt? We are. And we sh if we pray in the first place, if we go and, and ask the Lord for direction, we wouldn't be in a situation that we find ourselves into. So, New Year resolution. Secondly, trust the Lord, not just trust, but trust Him with all your heart. Number three, okay, is another basic resolution for the year. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Look what it says in verse 7 and verse 8. Be not wise in our own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And it shall be wealth into thy novel and marrow to thy bones. Now, the word fear over there, don't misunderstand that word. You know what? I'm not afraid of God. I don't run away and hide somewhere because, oh, yeah, what's God going to do? No, it's not what the Bible is saying here. Look at that English word. It's called, it should be the, the reverence for God and who He is. We look at Him in awe and say, Lord, You are the creator of all. Everything exists because of You. Everything consists because You sustain everything. I'm living because You continue to allow me to live. And you look at, we look at Him with such a reverence because He is the Almighty God and I am just a mere human being and we look at him with such respect and adoration not fear that I'm running from God listen I'm not afraid of my heavenly father he is my daddy the Bible says in the book of Romans that sweet word uh, uh, Abba means daddy how sweet it is to be called to call God daddy so this word right here Fear means reverence and respect because who he is and who I am. So it says right here, do not be wise in your own eyes. Folks, a lot of times we put a, make a mess out of our lives because we think we know more than God knows. We really do. We don't consult the Bible. We don't read the Bible. We don't hear the preaching and the teaching of His Word. We don't talk to the Lord. And in the end, you say, Lord, if you love me, you don't allow me to get in this mess that I am. And the Lord says, you create your own mess. Yeah. I'm trying to warn you, but you don't listen to me. Isn't that what Solomon did? What did he do? He had so many wives, he lost count of it. He didn't even know their names. Why? For political reasons? So he could get gain? And in the end he said, vanity of oh, vanity. To him it was like, when the world I made a mass out of my life. And he says, in the end of Ecclesiastes, trust the Lord and depart from evil. He understood in the end that he made a mass out of everything. So, do not be wise in your own eyes. Be now... Uh, for, uh, I'm sorry, to those who are now wise in their own eyes and, and choose to fear the, I'm, I'm sorry, to those who are now wise in their own eyes and choose to fear the Lord who have reverence for God, there is a promise here. Look at the promise in verse 8. It shall, it shall be wealth into thy novel and marrow to thy bones. You see that? Folks, there are many people who just think that they know it all. They will not listen, they will not hear the voice of reason. Because they have arrived. They are wise people. They are wise in their own eyes. And they will not listen to anyone. A wise person will look at the world. 
his own frame, and when acknowledged that there is a God, you created them. A wise person is a person that continue to learn. Continue to say, oh, I need to learn this. I need to learn that. It don't matter how old we get. Sometimes we get to an age we think that nobody knows more than we do. Oh, goodness. We live in an age of information. And we should not be wise in our own eyes. That's a basic thing, isn't it? Number four. All right? Number four. Here's another, another uh, uh, um, uh, resolution we can do for number four. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Look what it says in verse 9 and verse 10. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thy increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy press shall burst out with new wine. Folks, let me put it this way. People say this this way. The Bible is not teaching the New Testament how to tithe. You know why? Because it was very common to do that. It was a common thing that people did. We live in an age today that we, we pick and choose what God says. We do what we want and we think we're smarter than God. Tithe was a common thing. You know what? Oh, I can't tithe. Let me put it this way. I've been tithing for about 25, 6 years or whatever that is. I never slept on the streets. I never miss a meal. I kind of need to lose weight a little bit because I eat too much. God is good. God is always good. You know what? It comes to the point of this. We need to trust God. Trust Him with His Word. And say, Lord, I see you say to trust you. Lord, I'm going to give to you what you require of me. And I'm going to trust you with the results. It takes faith to do that. You say, but Pastor, I never tithed before. All right, it's always the first time. Start now. Let me put it this way. The Lord in heaven doesn't have a direct deposit to the local churches. You follow that? Every week, oh, okay, the Lord just put the, 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 the money there. Okay, good. It doesn't happen that way. You know what the Lord does? He looks at his children and says, you ought to do what I'm telling you to do if you want the house of God to move forward. He leaves that to us. So we, by faith, we trust him. I know tithing is a very touchy subject. You know why? Because when we talk about money, we're talking about what people's hearts and their ways of life. Listen, I always tithe and I always will. That's me. That's what I do. What I'm trying to say to you, I'm trying to encourage you because it can be a resolution. Lord, I'm going to commit myself to give to you what belongs to you. Because if we don't give what rightly belongs to God, eventually we don't have a place to meet. You follow that? I'm not trying to skinny one. I'm just being honest with you. I'm looking at our numbers this year, and everything went so up so fast. So honor the Lord with your wealth. You say, but if I give, I'm going to miss that. Trust God and see what happens. Trust God. See what it says. Look what it says. So look what it says. It's a promise here. Honor the Lord with thy substance and the first fruits of thy increase. And look what it says in verse 10. Here's a promise. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty. Not a little bit. Plenty. And thy press shall burst with new wine. God says, you try me and I'll see, see what I can do for you. 
Sometimes you need to tell God what the way, just quote scripture to him. Lord, you said, if we, I do this, you do that, I'm going to trust you, Lord. Matthew chapter 6, 21 says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. New Year resolution? Pastor, you ask me something so hard to do. Listen, I'm not asking you anything. That's something that you want to do between you and the Lord. I'm not going to tell you what to do. This is not one of the churches that is going to say, where is your W-2 form? Sign it here. It's going to come out of your paycheck. Some churches do that. You might think, I'm kidding. You know, you want to be a member of the church, and they go right to W-2. comes automatically out of your paycheck. Like, you know, this is not, this, I don't believe such a thing. I believe it's like, between you and God. Oh, I never, this church will never ask you anything. It's between you and God. Okay, let's move on. Okay? Uh, another basic thing for New Year resolution, I'm trying to help you here about New Year resolutions, okay? You ready? Number five, do not despise the Lord's discipline. Look what it says in verse 11. My son despise not the chastising of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he corrected, even as a father, the son in whom he delight. Let's face it, no one enjoys discipline. Right? Why? Because discipline is painful and it hurts. Don't tell me when you were a kid and you got spanked that you liked that. That you go to your parents and go, spank me again, I love it. I don't think nobody likes I mean, I, don't, I didn't like it. Actually, I gave my mother a run for her money. Every time she spanked me, I did the Portuguese thing. I ran around the tables. My mother couldn't contain me. When my father came home, <clears throat> get over here, boy. Oh, that was, that was like fear. You know, like, Mom, help me. I'm going to die. <laughs> but you know what? Listen, discipline hurts. It does hurt. And sometimes the Lord disciplines us. Why he disciplines us? You ready? Because we disobedient. Because we disobey him. And a lot of times we know we disobey and we don't care. And we do it anyway. You know what the Lord does? Sometimes he disciplines us. You know what? Don't despise him. Because when you do that, learn that he's doing that because he loves you. Well, you know, we live in an age today, you know what, of victims. If a mom and my dad disciplines their kids, uh, they're victims. They even call the police and other things on their parents because they're victims. Really? You know, you ready? My mother disciplined me daily, and I loved her. She was my mom. You know why? Because I know, looking back, I deserve every smack that I got. Because I was a fireball, and I drove my mom crazy. And my mother had something. My parents had something. I don't know. They said, I was the oldest. And when the youngest did something, everybody paid for it. <laughs> it was like, oh, my goodness. It was not a good thing. So, Mom, I didn't do anything. Oh, teach your sisters not to get in trouble. So I was always on guard with my sisters. Hey, if you do this, I'm going to get in trouble. So don't do it. <laughs> but you know what is the thing? 
We should not despise when the Lord disciplines us. Seriously. Because when he does, he does because he loves us. You follow that? The Lord doesn't want you to go waste your life. He doesn't. He wants you to be a lighthouse in this world. A good godly testimony for him. The Lord doesn't want you to go to a bar indulge in drinking and, and waste your life away with alcohol or drugs or all kinds of stuff that goes on. Why? Because he loves you. Do not despise when the Lord disciplines. Don't hate him. Don't despise him for doing that. And many kids do that to their earthly parents. They look at them like they, they, they have so much anger and animosity towards their parents. Don't do that. Okay, number six. Here's another basic New Year resolution. If you're willing to do that, I hope you write these things down. If you're committed to it, number six. Search diligently for wisdom. Look what it says in verse 13. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof of fine gold. What's the American dream? Money in the bank, a big house, lots of cars, vacations, yachts. Oh, that's the American dream. God says that's not what fulfills the heart. Get wisdom. And you know what? There's two types of wisdom. It's the wisdom of this world. And it's the wisdom that comes from God. You do either one. Which wisdom are you looking for? God's wisdom? You see, search diligently for wisdom. Actually, if you look at the, if you read through the book of Proverbs, it says wisdom cries in the streets. Wisdom is personalized as a person there. He's looking for people to listen to it. But in the end, when the person doesn't listen to wisdom, it says, I would laugh at you, uh, are you troubles. Wisdom says, I would laugh at you because, you know what? You didn't listen to me when I searched for you. It is wise to listen when a preacher is preaching. It is wise to listen when a teacher is teaching. It is wise to listen when we read God's word. You know why? Because if we listen, we take it in. And now it changes our mind and our hearts, and we make application of it. You know what? We live in a world of information right now. You can put yourself on a cell phone, and five hours later, you said, where did the time go? You indulge yourself in worldly wisdom, and we think we know it all. You know, there's people today, you can talk with them. They know everything. They're so misinformed from all the almighty Google. You know, they think that well, whatever Google says, it's just law, that God's word has no significance anymore. Listen, these are the words of wisdom right here. Before internet, I'm not against internet, don't get me wrong, because i got a cell phone too. But before internet and anything, there was the Bible. It changes thousands of people's lives that continue to change. You know what? Don't come to me and say the word of God is too, out of age, is too old and out of, out of date. No, it's not. Now, what happened is a lot of people are out of touch with reality. You know, reality is this. We're going to die and meet our maker. And no Google is going to save you from that. Okay, so search diligently for wisdom. It is a good thing to do this year. 
Search for wisdom. Where are you going to find wisdom? In the word of God. Okay? Number seven. Here's another resolution you can follow. You ready? Don't be fearful. Look what it says in verse 25. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. So what is fear? Fear is one of the seven universal emotions experienced by, experienced by everyone around the world. Fear rises with the threat of harm, either physical or emotional or psychological uh, 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 threat. So while tradition considers a negative emotion, fear actually serves as an important role in keeping us safe and mobilize us to cope with the potential danger. For an example, if you see detour in a highway, what does that mean? Don't go forward. So it is warning you and fear of that. Say, let me go this way. Okay? If you have an electric stove and you, somebody used the stove or whatever stove it is, and a, a red light comes on, it tells you that stove is what? Hot. So don't put your hands into it because if you do, guess what's going to happen? You're going to burn yourself. You know? There is healthy fear. It is unhealthy fear. So God says to you, you know, don't be afraid. Listen, don't be afraid of people. Well, you don't understand. This guy's big, 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 like he's so big. So what? Why be afraid of people? And yesterday I saw this. I was in a workplace. My brother-in-law was there. He's a little guy. He's 5'1", I think. He's a little Portuguese guy. This guy is 6'9". So I'm, you know, like... Oh, wow. <laughs> what a difference, you know? This, I, like, wow. I mean, you can, you know. But I'll tell you what. Why are you going to be afraid of anybody? We shouldn't be afraid of people or anything. We should have fear of God, not afraid of God. Don't misunderstand me. We should never be afraid of God, but we should have reverence for God. You follow that? But you know what? You be more healthy Physically and emotionally, if you don't in, put your mind into fear. Because, listen, it's easy to be afraid of anything. Oh, I'm not driving this snow because I'm afraid I'm going to have a accident. I'm not going to drive in the rain because I'm going to have an accident. I'm not going to go to school tomorrow because there's a boy there that's going to do that to me. We can go on and on and on. And you know what? We petrify that we never do anything. You see what fear does to people? It petrifies people. And a lot of times we, is our mind playing tricks with us. It's an emotional thing. Everybody experiences fear. Everybody's afraid of something. Right? Yeah. I tell you what. Here's my fear. You tell me to go up a tree, I go right up. You to, tell me to go on top of a roof, I'm up there. But if you tell me to go six flags, go on a roller coaster... Oh, my goodness. I ain't going to sit in that thing. <laughs> and he said, why? I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's actually safer, right? In a thing like that, because they put all those straps on you, then just walk off to a roof. But for some reason, so everybody experienced fear. So you took it about having your life just coming out of you. It just put me in one of those things. It just, just petrifies me. But anyway, so don't be afraid. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in, in your own understanding. Don't be afraid. 
You know why? God is with you, and he is in you. You know, we have problems that we'll be afraid to face him. You know, some people are afraid to answer a phone. You might think I'm kidding. You want me to answer this phone? I don't know. Oh, I don't want to talk to this person. You know, they're afraid to talk. I say this all the time. They don't know who you are. You're on the other side of the line. Oh, I'm not going to call this place. What are they going to think of me? Who cares what they think of you? Just make the phone call. So, don't be afraid, okay? One more point for you. Number eight. Do not withhold goodness. Luke says, verse 27, withhold now good from them to whom is due when it is in the power of thy hands to do it. Say no to thy neighbor. Go and come again, and tomorrow I'll give, give when thou hast it with thee. Here's one thing. Do not withhold goodness from people. If people ask you, if it's in your power to give, give. Give it in the name of Jesus. You know one thing in my job? This is a common thing. People love to peek at my lunch bag. They really, I mean, every day, what you have for lunch? I mean, they don't ask, they're already looking. <laughs> it is amazing. It is like, hey, what you have for lunch? And I said, thank you for looking at my lunch. Is that good? <laughs> you know what I say? This is like a, a, almost every day. Listen, are you hungry? Take it. Oh, no, no, no. I can share it with you. There's two ways we can do it. We can be mean. Say, take your fingers off my back, you know. Don't touch my lo- Oh, we can just say, you want it? Don't withhold goodness from people. If people ask you for a piece of bread, give them a piece of bread. If you can do it, do it. If people ask you for a favor, if you can do it, do it. Always do it in the name of Jesus. What a good way to go through the year, right? Hey, I need something. Yo, I need to go to the store. I don't have no ways to get there. I go for you. And sometimes we have to go out of our way. Sometimes you might have something going on and you have to cancel to do something. But don't withhold goodness from people. You know what? People look at you. They will love you for that. They will respect you for that. Okay? I hope I'm being basic to you. Number nine. Don't dwell on harming others. Look what it says in verse 29. I'm almost done. Despise not evil against thy neighbor, seeing he dwelleth security with thee. Strive not with men without a cause. If he had done, if he have done thee no harm. You see, don't dwell, don't dwell on harming others. All right. You don't understand, Pastor. This person hurt me. This person was mean and evil to me. I'm going to get even. Take that word out of your Give it to the Lord. The Lord says, vengeance is mine. I will repay it, said the Lord. Give that person to the Lord. Because the Lord will be more just than you are. Because what we practice is evil. We want to get even. We don't want to get even. We want to do worse than they have done to us. So we give it to the Lord who is just and merciful. Let God take care of them. What a wonderful thing to do. But you don't understand, uh, Pastor. That person yelled at me. That person called me name. That person did this to me and that to me. Okay, vengeance is mine. They raise their voice to me. Keep your voice calm. You see, don't dwell on harming others. We live in a world that's what people do. 
We see this with families. We see this with so-called friends. We see it in the workplace. We see it everywhere. You know what? Don't dwell on harming others. I love when I see a, people, a person when, uh, a person or persons when out of every bad situation, they always look at the good of it. That is wonderful. Because you know what? It is normal for us to think of the bad of it. You know, but about the look, always, always looking at the good of it. You know, maybe it's not like this. Maybe it's like that. Maybe it's not like It is wonderful. You know what? Because we're not thinking about harming anyone. So don't harm others. My last point. Okay? Ten points I give you this morning for a basic New Year resolution. Okay. Number, th- number ten. Don't feed your mind on envy. Look what it says in verse 31. Envy not the oppressed and choose none of his ways. For the forward is an abomination, verse 32, to the Lord, but his sweet is with the righteous. Envious or envy is the cause of a lot of problems. You go into this restaurant, who do you think you are? I can go there better than that. You bought that car? I'll show you what you got. I can buy. Really? You got this? I'll show you what I can do. You went on vacation? I'm going on two weeks. You go, I'll go three weeks. So it's envious. Envy will eat a person up. Instead of envy, I'm glad you did it. Praise the Lord that you did it. I'm glad you had a good time. You know what? Because envy, it would eat your soul right up. Don't envy anybody. Don't envy anybody. Because I put it this way. Yeah, your neighbor next door might have a better house than you. <laughs> that is, you know, that is true. Yeah, your neighbor next door might have a car that you would love to have. All right. Be grateful for what you have. Even if you have a bicycle, even if you have nothing. Hey, you know how I made my first bicycle? Oh, goodness, I went to the junkyard. <laughs> We brought our wrenches with us and our tools, and now we came out of there with a bicycle, you know. We paid, well, like, what, $3 to the guy, and we walked out of there, and I forgot to put the brakes on. <laughs> so on my first bike, my, my brakes were my, foot, my feet. So anyway, but I mean, was I proud of myself because I built my own bicycle? I didn't have money to buy, to buy a bicycle, so I built one. You know what? My cousin had a nice bike, but I was not even envious of her. I was grateful for my little bike that I had. It was one speed. Oh, up the hills was hard. <laughs> You're talking about going to the gym and, 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 and just do the whole thing in one time, you know. But oh, what I try to say this is a basic thing for life. Don't be envious of other people. Be grateful for what you have. And trust the Lord with the outcome. I'll conclude with this. Back to basics. I think I give you 10 basic things for a life in 2024 on which you can have the joy of the Lord. You can have that because they're very basic, very practical. And we can do it. But again, it's like this. Will you do it? Do you want to do it? Or it's going to be the same old, same old. For people, it's the same old, same old. For others, Lord, I want to change. But I want to change for the better. Lord, what do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Lord, I'm going to trust you. 
when we rely on our own selves, we make a mess of ourselves. It's very true. Listen, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't have a Bible to guide me. I was already in my 30s when I got saved. But I can tell you from my own life experience, this is the best guide's line, the best roadmap for life right here, the Word of God. People can say, well, you're old-fashioned. Okay. I'm old-fashioned. You know, you want to be new-fashioned, go right ahead. I'll be the old-fashioned. I'm following the roadmap for life, God's Word. Shall we pray, Heavenly Father? Thank you, Lord, for the roadmap that you give us, your Word. And Lord, one day, this roadmap will take us to you, to heaven. And we will be with you for all eternity. What a joy, what a hope that you put in our hearts. I pray this morning, Lord, Lord, ten basic things for life. May we take it to heart. May we be committed to do it. And in a way, Lord, that will honor your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you could stand, please. Having a song, song of invitation this morning. Page 509. Page 509. Take time to be holy. That means take time to set yourself apart for the service of the Lord. That's what holiness is. Take time to be holy. Page 509. <laughs> Time to be holy, speak off of thy Lord, abide in him always, and feed on his word. Make friends with God's children, help those who are weak, forgetting I tell you what, every year people make all kinds of resolutions. You know, when I used to go to the gym, it was kind of funny. People walked in the first week and paid for a year membership. And that was the first and the last time you see them. They will never come back again. You know what? No commitment. No commitment. There's just a thing that they want to do. Listen, God gave us in the book of Proverbs many basic things for life. Listen, reading our Bible should be something we do. Praying and talking with our Lord should be something we just do regularly. You know, we should have a quiet time with the Lord. I mean, I have that devotion, God and I time. You know why I title God and I time? Because it should be God and I time. It's my time, Lord, with you. If it's five minutes, if it's three minutes, if it's ten minutes, whatever it is, Lord, I want this time with you. You know what? It, is? it takes commitment to do that. Without commitment, you can't do it. How committed are you? to go come to the house of God. Or say, well, listen, don't, don't put in your mind that coming to the house of God, you, you're making God a favor. Don't do that because you're lying to yourself. God commands His children to be in His house, congregating with other believers. 
That's, that's Bible. That's what God says. You know what? God wants us to meet together, to encourage each other, to, to edify each other so we can keep on going for the Lord. You know what? why He does this? Because He loves you more than you think. Listen, you are loved beyond measure. No one in the world can love you the way God loves you. No one. Let's sing verse number two as our last verse. Take time to be holy. The world rushes on. Spend much time in secret with Jesus alone. By looking to Jesus, like Him that shall be. Thy friends and thy conduct is likeness shall see. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Happy New Year to you. I tell you what, I preach this morning because I love you. I love all of you, and I, I hope that you take those outlines, those points to heart and say, Lord, I love you, Lord. I want to be obedient to you, and I want to glorify your name. And in return, the Lord will bless you. Have a happy new year. I don't know what the, the, what's, what's going to happen through the year. I have no idea, but God knows. Let's trust him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for this place. Thank you, Lord, for these people. We all come from the fent walks of life. And we're here with one purpose, and the purpose is you. And Lord, may we come here and make a joyful sound for the audience of one, which is you. Lord, we don't know what the year may bring, but bless every day. Guide us every day. Keep us close to you every day, Lord. Help us to be a lighthouse to those who don't know you. Go with us, Lord. Bring us again this evening as we celebrate the Lord's Supper together. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You are the same.